You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. So the crowds here, the masses, the people, they consider Jesus to be a prophet. This is because of out of all the forms that Jesus could have emerged in within his own Jewish society, he is squarely in the Hebrew prophetic justice tradition. Welcome to episode 490. My name is Herb Montgomery, and our title this week is Unheeded Calls for Justice in the Parable of the Vineyard. Our reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. This is Matthew 21, 33 through 46. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent some of his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to the people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held him as a prophet. So the last sentence in this week's reading from Matthew is in my opinion the most important sentence. It holds attention here with uh, the rest of the reading that um, if we listen to it it can potentially um, it can keep us from harmful interpretations about ourselves and about others. So the crowds here, the masses, the people, they consider Jesus to be a prophet. And this is because of out of all the forms that Jesus could have emerged in within his own Jewish society, he is squarely in the Hebrew prophetic justice tradition. He is spearheading a, a Jewish renewal movement and uh, calling his community back to the, the justice teachings of the Torah and the Hebrew prophets. His teachings, they emphasize the portions of the law and the prophets that were about social and economic justice, making our communities a, a safe, compassionate home for everybody. And, and, and the parable in this week's reading it's about a landowner who rented out his vineyard to other farmers. The crowds around Jesus, they would have heard this parable very differently 
then the elites and the powerful in their society would have heard it. Jesus' society, remember, it had no middle class. There were only the rich and those struggling to scratch out an existence in one difficult way or another. There were only the the haves and the have-nots, only the upper class and the lower class, and only a few belonged to the, the, the upper class aristocracy um and in those those few they were the ones that were connected to the st- the temple state there in Jerusalem the elites would have seen themselves in the parables as the farmers renting the vineyard from the landowner who was away the people would have viewed themselves as the indentured workers who who daily witnessed the elites enriching themselves with with worker exploitation and and with the elites becoming so attached to their enrichment at the expense of the masses, the crowd would have perceived even the the beaten, the killed, the stone vineyard servants in the parable as symbols of of the Hebrew prophets of old. And there's precedence for this Im- imagery. You can find it in Isaiah 5, 1 through 7. It says, I will sing for the one I love, a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up, cleared, out, cleared it out of stones, planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done by my, for my vineyard that I have not done for it? Then when I looked for good gro- grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall, and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated. Briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed for righteousness, but here's cries of distress. So there's some differences between this use of the vineyard in Isaiah and the the vineyard imagery of Matthew. In Isaiah, the vineyard is destroyed, whereas in in Matthew, the vineyard is taken away from from those uh, tenant farmers and given to others. In, In Isaiah, the vineyard represents the nation of Israel. In Matthew, it represents the kingdom which, remember, that's Jesus' vision for a just, inclusive, compassionate human community. And there are also similarities between Isaiah and Matthew. The vineyard owner comes to the vineyard looking for, for justice and instead only finds exploitation and marginalization, oppression, and, and bloodshed. So, so let, let, let's now talk about what the kingdom being taken away and given to others, that imagery in Matthew, what that could have meant. And I want to be very clear. This is very important. The first thing I want to say is that this parable is not about the kingdom being taken away from the Jewish people and given to Christians. The last two sentences, remember, it states, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them, and they looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. Here's that tension that, that, that 
that can keep us from harmful interpretations. The Jewish crowd would not have supported Jesus if this parable taught that they were being replaced. This parable is about the kingdom, remember. It's about the elite in Jesus' society losing positions of power and that power being given instead now to the masses, the crowds of the people that were listening that day. They found hope and and, and resonance in, in these teachings of reversal. The elite and the powerful they would have the reins of society taken away from them and given to the marginalized and excluded. And if this parable did teach that that power and resources would be taken away from the powerful, from the propertied, from the privileged, and, and given to the masses, it makes perfect sense then why those in power who heard this, they sought to kill Jesus. And it makes perfect sense that, that they had to be ever so careful because they knew the people heard something in this parable it, 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 that, was, that was standing in that long line of the justice prophets that made them love Jesus all the more. And, and, and so, so, so what might this parable be saying to us today? What would a reversal look like in our own society? What would it look like for the control in our society to be taken away from the wealthy corporation owners who have, have bought, they've purchased democracy and politicians and have virtually left the masses with little say in how society functions or whom it benefits. What would it look like for each person to now have a voice? Um, can, can you imagine what a society like that might look like? Originally, if you look back in, in this nation's history, Thomas Paine called for this exact kind of democracy. He, 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 but, but his calls... They were ultimately rejected by the aristocratic founding fathers. Um, they called Paine's ideas radical democracy. It was too democratic. He, he called for uh, the end of slavery. He called for a vote for women. Um, but in their revolutionary decision to declare independence from Britain, the founding fathers, remember, they created a democracy instead that only gave a vote to propertied white men. And, and we still have yet to witness America living up to its high ideals. When we consider who is left out today, economically and socially and politically, what would it look like for control in our society to be taken from the powerful, the elite, and, and given genuinely to the masses? What could a safe, just, compassionate society look like? And how would it differ from our present system? Uh, take some time this week and, and just sit down and try to imagine how a just society could be shaped and, and whom it would, whom a just society would take care would choose to take care of. And before we can work for that, we have to sit down first and imagine what it is we're actually working for. And then we can then name it and then we can roll up our sleeves and, and work toward it. Heart group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, take some time this week 
to imagine how a just society would be shaped and, and whom it would take care of. And share and discuss that with your group. And then number three, as always, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? As we often say around here, if we begin with the idea that God loves everybody, then justice isn't very far behind. Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you would like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. Uh, you can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it on this week if that platform offers this as an option please take some time to leave us a positive review this helps others find this podcast as well you can watch our new youtube show called just talking each week todd leonard and i uh, we take a moment to talk about the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend and we will be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just as in justice, but that also during our brief conversation each week, you'll be inspired to, alongside with us, uh, do more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking Each Week on YouTube.com uh, forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, and leave us a comment. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, my new book, Finding Jesus, A Story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is now also available at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.